Welcome back to episode 83, and I am so excited. This is with Hope, and we are talking about how a plant-focused diet can help restore gut health. Hope is a holistic nutritionist, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and the founder of InBalance, a Pilates-based fitness studio. All right, you guys, help me welcome Hope to the show. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast, where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. As a health professional and a mom, I fully understand the importance of having a fun, simple, and sustainable plan for achieving a responsive thyroid. So I share actionable and practical strategies for developing a responsive thyroid so that the ambitious moms and women can gain freedom from fatigue and lose the thyroid weight once and for all. Each week, I will be here for you. Along with my guest experts, we will be sharing simple and tangible tips that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. Welcome back, you guys, to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. We have Hope Pedraza on with us today, and I'm super excited to be talking to you guys about um, health, fitness, Pilates, um, and how that it plays a role in thyroid as well. So welcome, Hope. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So for the listeners, give us a little bit of a background as to who you are, what you do, what you specialize in, all of that. Yeah. So um, I am the owner of a brick and mortar Pilates-based fitness studio. And so our studios are built on uh, Pilates principles. We have six signature classes, all based on Pilates principles. So they're all focused on mobility, flexibility, balance in the core. It's like, you know, at the core of it is the core. And that's kind of what our classes are based on. And in addition to that, I'm also a holistic nutritionist and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And so I've kind of blended the two together while also having kind of two separate businesses with my nutrition business running online and then my brick and mortar um, party studio. Yeah, super fun. And how did you, so you started with Pilates and then moved into nutrition? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So my background is in dance and that's really what got me into Pilates. I danced for 20, however many years of my life. And so that kind of led me into Pilates, which led me down the path for the brick and mortar. Super fun. So did you start doing Pilates like in college or? Yeah. So it's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day too. I, I actually started doing Pilates when I was I guess I was probably in high school. I would go to the gym with my mom and she would go to like, you know, they had the old school step aerobics classes, you know, and so we would do yeah. step aerobics and then like once a week they'd have Pilates. And so I'd go with her, but then I really got into it when I was in college. And, um, I just, I was teaching group fitness and then I just decided like Pilates, it just, it just kind of naturally learned that way that what somebody recommended it, like, Oh, you should get certified. And so I just kind of started my path in Pilates as well. Um, it just, 
matched so well with my dance background and I just, I love doing it. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to teach it. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I danced too. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, so at my school, we were very highly competitive in the dance field. Yeah. And so I made varsity team my freshman year. Uh-huh. And that was like the first year any varsity <laughs> or any freshman had made, yeah, made varsity, made varsity in That's like so cool. 10 years or something yeah. ridiculous. And so I love that. And I, I, you know, I a fan of Pilates and a fan mm-hmm. of yoga and all of yeah. those things. They just kind of mm-hmm. go together. <laughs> they do. They do. And I, okay. So I took yoga. My first like yoga classes were my freshman year. Uh, in high school and my teacher was so weird and I was like I <laughs> not, hate yeah <laughs> I hate yoga if this is yeah. what yoga is I yes. hate it <laughs> not for me <laughs> yes. you could totally have that experience though and I mean I honestly it's the same with Pilates too and I think it's important too for you know anyone listening who isn't familiar with Pilates like there are multiple schools of teaching with Pilates you know there's more classical based more contemporary our studios are more contemporary based so it's more functional movement Um, It's more like natural progressions and like a better, more um, functional flow to like the class and stuff, which is what I loved about it. The more contemporary style, because it, it lent more just to like dance, how it all flows together and it all, you know, so Mm -hmm. there is, and you'll always find, you know, there's teachers that you like and teachers that, you know, don't, aren't a good fit for you. And it's the same with Pilates too. So you definitely have to find what fits best for you and what feels best for you and what you jive with, you know. Yeah. And I love that point because I feel like a lot of times with exercise and movement, people will try out, like you said, a certain class and they're like, Oh, this isn't Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I have a really good friend of mine who had, um, her entire colon removed and she's been doing Pilates to help with her core muscles, because Mm -hmm. obviously that's really important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and that's, Pilates has been extremely beneficial and I love that it's so gentle Mm -hmm. on the body. Totally. Yeah. And that's really, I think that's kind of the premise of my studio because we do have some like higher intensity classes and stuff, but the whole, our premise really is like, this is for longevity. Like you can still do high intensity classes and it still be gentle on your body. Like it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, pounding your joints or throwing, you know, 500 pounds over your head and stuff. Like you can still be gentle to your body and do a higher intensity class and high intensity really, it means so many things to different people. Like what's high intensity for me is not the same thing as someone who might be, you know, 70 years old or somebody who's, you know, a marathon runner who needs a little bit more to get their heart rate at, you know, so it's, it means different things to different people. And I think that's the great thing about Pilates and how we structure our classes. They're all multi-level classes. We don't level out level one, level two, you know, whatever. And so it provides a space for everyone to be included. It's, you know, it's inclusive and it it gives a chance for someone who's maybe more of a beginner to have something to kind of strive for. And then, um, there's always a way to make it more challenging, but it's, it's, it's safe for everybody. And yeah. Yeah. So what would you say are the big benefits of doing Pilates? Yeah. So obviously, like I mentioned before, the biggest benefit is going to be the core. And that's really the focus of Pilates. And it's important to understand that the core is not just your abs, right? Your core is everything from your shoulders to your hips. So it's that whole like trunk part of your body. And that's what the focus is. And we're not only focusing on like working, working and strengthening the core, but also um, 
you know, using that to stabilize the rest of the body. So it's all about like moving one part of the body while stabilizing another part. So you're working those little tiny stabilizer muscles. You're working the core, you're working the spine, you're building all of those um, little tiny muscles comprehensively throughout the class. I love that. And I, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the core muscles lend into like a gut health, right? And the mobility that we see in your, just your GI tract with the stomach and the intestines and things like that. So do you find that once people get started with you, that those things are shifting as well? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. It's funny. We just had a, do we also do teacher trainings at my studio, but we had one a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that. Um, just how I, I think people underestimate the power of proper posture and how when you don't have proper posture, I mean, it affects everything. It literally affects how your organs are configured in your body. Like it really does affect things. So yeah, totally. I mean, it can really, um, it sounds so like, you know, melodramatic when we're talking about, you know, you hear, cause it, it's, I think it gets, we hear all the time, oh, this transforms your body. This is but really and truly there's so many transformative aspects of Pilates because it really can help with things like, you know, digestion and proper functioning of your organs and proper breathing. And you just, people don't think about that. We're thinking about posture, that it's so much more than just where your bones, which are also, which is also important, but it's more than just where your bones are situated. There's so much more to it than that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what are some, like, since I know you do a lot of teaching and stuff, what are some of those like misconceptions about Pilates? Because I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. And we get them all the time. And I think one of the things I kind of mentioned before, and it's important to mention is that there are different schools of teaching was I've had people walk into my studio and, you know, be talking to them about classes and they're like, oh, well, I don't, I don't like Pilates. I tried it one time. I didn't like it. And you can't judge it by the one time because you might've had a teacher you didn't like, you might've been in a more classical class and maybe you're you're better at doing contemporary. Maybe you, you're better at doing classical. You know, you have to kind of find what style suits you. So I think, first of all, it's not all Pilates is created equal and that all the classes are the same. And two, I think the other biggest one we see is that Pilates and yoga are the same thing. And it's not at all. <laughs> so, you know, whereas yoga is more of, you know, holding positions for longer and it's more about the flexibility. And yes, there are plenty of yoga classes that build on strength. The focus is not the same. The breathing is not the same. Where in Pilates, we're focused more on diaphragmatic breathing and breathing from the diaphragm and, and like holding on to the muscle contraction while you're breathing. Yoga is more about the belly breath, right? So it's, it's a totally different focus and it's definitely not the same goal. Both great forms of movement and exercise, but not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that because I just recorded an episode for the podcast, um, with a guy talking about breath work. And I mean, obviously I think most of us are at least somewhat familiar with mm -hmm. that, but, um, he was talking about the difference of belly breathing, big breath, you know, breathing down into your stomach. And I was like, some of this stuff I have never heard of yeah, yeah. before. It's true. Yeah. And we practice that when we're doing our teacher training, especially. And honestly, it, it sounds silly to say, but really people, a lot of people, I'd say the majority of people, at least that, you know, come through our doors, really don't know how to breathe properly. And it sounds silly to say it, but it's true. And not only that, but people also aren't familiar with how to use their abs 
while they're breathing. Like that's like a novel concept to so many people who come in. Like, I don't know how to use my abs and breathe at the same time. Like, don't you have to let go of your abs? You know, it's, so it totally is a, a whole different way of like thinking, which is why it's, you know, it's called a mind body exercise. Cause you really do have to connect the mind and the body for all the parts to work the way they're supposed to in Pilates. Yeah. Which I find really interesting, especially now that I'm pregnant and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, she's like super high up, yes. you know? So I know my breathing has changed. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he was talking about how women need to breathe different. Anyways, it's really just a fascinating yeah. concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I never knew that. Like, yeah. And he was saying the same thing. We have to learn how to breathe. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> Add one more like, thing to I my checklist. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, so tell me, Hope, what do you fit? Let's kind of shift into nutrition. Um, what are some of the benefits of eating more plant-based kind of like a plant focused diet? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. So my approach with my clients is I call it plant focused. So, um, you know, I am, I am plant-based. It works for me. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but I, I do, I am a firm believer that every, every body should be eating more plants, whether it's all plants or not, everybody should be eating more plants. And so that's kind of the approach I take with my clients, because the fact is that the majority of us don't get enough fiber. We don't get enough vitamins and minerals, and we don't get enough of, you know, the, the benefits of eating a predominantly plant-based diet. And, um, for most of the clients I work with, there's some sort of like gut issues going on and which can lead to other things. And actually just did a masterclass talking about thyroid, about the thyroid and connecting the gut and the thyroid and stuff. And really the benefits of eating plants, well, there's like a bazillion of them I could talk about, but for just for, to narrow down a few big ones versus the fiber, like I mentioned, and for so many things, obviously, I think most of us know that fiber helps keep us regular, but really it's so much more than that. Um, fiber helps keep you full. Fiber helps stabilize your blood sugar. Fiber helps the breakdown of fiber when it's broken down in your body is broken down into short chain fatty acids. And this is really what helps create a healthy gut environment. It helps promote healthy bacteria. It provides food for the bacteria that's in your gut. It helps promote healthy stomach and intestinal lining. So there's so many benefits of the fiber that's in the food that's in the plants. Um, And then in addition to that, it can also help, um, it can help you keep a healthy weight because it can help excrete excess fatty acids, help excrete excess cholesterol out of your body. And then, and then the vitamins and minerals, of course, and plants, you know, you get the antioxidants and all those good things that help, um, you know, lower inflammation and stuff comes from plant food, plant-based food as well. Yeah. So when you say plant focused, Mm -hmm. what does that, what does that mean for you or what? Yeah. 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 It's really just putting a focus, uh, shifting the focus to plants on the plate. So for the majority of my clients, none of them are really coming to me to be quote vegan. And I get those conversations in the DMs all the time. Like, I'm not looking to be vegan. I'm like, well, good. Cause I'm not going to tell you to be vegan. <laughs> so it's really just shifting the focus to more plants. So it's just maybe making the meat portion on your plate a little bit smaller and filling the rest with plants. So it's just putting more focus on plants. Maybe it's eating, you know, one solid plant-based meal a day, making just one meal a day plant-based. So it's really just shifting the focus where it's not so much focused on the meat that's on the plate or the, you know, whatever animal protein or whatever that you're eating, but it's really filling your plate with mostly vegetables, which can still be full of protein and fiber, like, you know, lentils and 
um, legume, other legumes and quinoa. So there are plenty of ways to get what you're looking for in the animal-based food, like which most people, it's all about protein, right? There's plenty of ways to mm. get it, but it's just kind of shifting the focus. So it's more plants on your plate than it is animal products. Yeah. It, and I find, I love this because that's kind of how I grew up and then life happened and I got married and I was introduced to like other mm-hmm. <laughs> ways of eating. Mm-hmm. Right. But my, my parents were both very health conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, my parent, I remember for a period of time, they were vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they were, um, watching their cholesterol. They were watching sodium. My parents were just very mindful and that we would sit down and like three fourths of our plate would be plant-based. Mm-hmm. And then we would have, you know, some kind of like maybe meat or, um, a casserole. Cause we kind of mm-hmm. had a big family, you know, mm-hmm. like some of those things, Yeah. but I'm finding the more that I work with women, not everybody is brought up that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, sure. for you, how, like, how were you brought up? What were your beliefs around food prior to yeah. plant-based or yeah, plant-focused? So yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, my, I, my mom was very health conscious too. We did, I didn't grow up plant-based or anything. We did eat meat growing up and stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. my mom was, my parents both were pretty health conscious. Like they were more health conscious in the, in the sense that they were like, tried all the fad diets, you know, like I remember they had the sugar buster book and they had the, um, you know, Mediterranean, whatever, but you know, so they kind of tried the things like, so they were health conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my mom wasn't, you know, never bought a sugary cereals, that kind of thing. But I grew (laughs) grew up with a ton of, um, digestive issues and, and it wasn't for eating a lot of junk food because we didn't, we didn't have that at my house. And so, you know, I had, multiple doctor's appointments, a lot of tests. I, I had probably four colonoscopies before I was like 17 years old, just trying oh to figure out what gosh. was going on. So, um, and then really that's kind of what led me down this path to be interested in nutrition really, because I just wanted to figure out what was wrong with myself. Cause really at the end of the day, the doctor was just like, Oh, it's IBS, which is like, basically they're like, I don't know your stomach hurts. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and they didn't, you know, they don't give you anything to do or try, or it's like, okay, that's it. So I'm like, okay well, that's great. So as I kind of got older out of high school, I kind of started reading books. And then um, right out of college, I read a couple books on eating plant-based. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try it out. What do I have to lose? Exactly. So I literally did it overnight. I just was like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be vegan. And, and I did. And in, and I felt, I mean, it, it was probably a few weeks into it. I was like, I could tell I felt the difference. And so it worked for me. And so that's, that was my kind of journey to get there was that it worked for me. I felt better. Um, my skin was clearing up. My allergies got better. Like all these things started kind of affixing themselves. And I'm like, okay, well, it works for me. So there's something yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I feel like my journey is a little similar Um, I didn't have a lot of digestive issues that I knew about. I Mm -hmm. felt like I was pretty regular and things Mm -hmm. like that, but my parents did. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is so embarrassing, but (laughs) well, not for me, I guess, but like my dad, he would fart, he would pass gas and it smelled so bad. (laughs) It would clear the room, right? (laughs) Like get out of there. And 
it, like you said, we were eating pretty healthy. My, my dad hunted. So we ate, you know, uh, like, uh, game, you know, yeah. deer, mm-hmm. bear, sure. you mm-hmm. know, things like that. So it wasn't like we were on this terrible diet, right. <laughs> you know, right. we still eat ice cream and had mm-hmm. cake and, you know, things like that. But I didn't like you, I didn't grow up with a lot of sugary cereal. Like mm-hmm. you probably the most sugary cereal I had was Cheerios. Yeah, us too. Was Cheerios. <laughs> Cheerios or um, Rice Krispie treats. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we didn't yeah. grow up on Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Right. And if we did ever get Lucky Charms or something, it was like gone in a day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because it was so rare. So yes, yes. Um, And I, I, I really appreciate finding people who grew up kind of similar to me where parents were health conscious. They Mm -hmm. were working out, they were, you know, watching what they ate. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. taking care of their body and yet we're still experiencing health issues. Yep. Totally. (laughs) Um, Totally. And that I think that this is such a great topic in the sense of you can be doing uh, air quotes here, all the right things Mm -hmm. you can be exercising, you can be sleeping, you can be eating, you know, watching your sugar and things like that and still have something a little bit off. But when you shift your diet, like what you were talking about, there can be healing, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. That can take place and the importance of fiber and just all of, all of these things. I think it's beautiful. Yep. Absolutely. to, To realize, um, so how is this related to the health of our thyroid? Yeah, good question. So, um, you know, as you know, and as I'm sure most of your listeners know, there's a lot of things that can contribute to thyroid issues, right? Like it could be a million different things. And actually the masterclass I did a couple months ago, or last month, it was last month, um, we kind of dove into a little bit of like all of these possible things could be it. So basically it's like, it could be anything, you know? Yeah. So for, for me, connecting it to a healthy gut, because that's really kind of my focus is a healthy gut. It's balancing out, like it's, it's keeping a health, first it's keeping a healthy balance of gut bacteria, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's um, preventing any dysbiosis, which can cause things to go wrong with all parts of the body, including your thyroid, making sure the good and the bad bacteria are in balance, making sure that you do have a healthy gut with, with that balance of good and bad bacteria to keep out any potential like parasites or pathogens that can come in, which can also cause things like thyroid issues. And it, it, and it's also about keeping, you know, a healthy endocrine system and keeping the adrenals working properly. So all of those other organ systems that all work together with a thyroid, it's it all for me and in my world, it really all starts with a healthy gut. And so, um, and so that's what I have, you know, my clients are working on just building this healthy gut biome microbiome that helps, um, keep all of these other organ systems working in check. And then also, it's also about, you know, limiting as much inflammation as possible mm-hmm. because all as we know, inflammation is what causes a lot of thyroid issues as well. Um, and so, you know, eating fr- foods that are high in vitamins and minerals and antioxidants to, to find that those good anti-inflammatory foods to help limit any inflammation. And at the same time, it's not just about what you eat. It's about, you know, managing stress and sleep and getting proper exercise. So it's all of those things that work together really to help promote this healthy environment in our body to prevent or to, to keep all our organ systems working in the right way. Yeah. So you talked about the importance of a healthy gut microbiome. Um, and I, 
this is one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, well, I take a probiotic, so mm-hmm. shouldn't everything be okay? Right. Right. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? And maybe where can, where can people get started if they're yeah. struggling with the yeah. gut? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And I get that question all the time too. My mom actually just told me to say that I will take a probiotic. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, it, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you've probably heard the phrase, like you can't, um, you can't work off a bad diet, you know, like working out all the time, isn't going to fix anything. If you're eating like crap all the time, it's kind of yeah. the same thing with your probiotic. Like, yes, a probiotic is definitely beneficial, but if you are dealing with like chronic dysbiosis where you have so much bad bacteria that's outweighing the good, it's really not going to do much good. And if you're not feeding the good bacteria that's in your gut, then it's really not going to do any good. So really what, what you're looking at is you want to have a good probiotic and a good prebiotic, what are that, whether that's in supplementation or whether it's from food, but we're looking at like plant-based foods. And there's a lot of, you know, specific ones you can look at, but really most plant-based foods are going to be good food for your healthy bacteria. And that's what's feeding the probiotics that you're taking. So if we're not helping those healthy gut bacteria to flourish by feeding them, then that's not doing any good. And then at the same time, if there's any sort of, um, you know, pathogen or parasite, that's going to throw off things too. And it's really going to like basically cancel out, you know, a lot of the good bacteria that's supposed to be doing its job. And then another thing that can happen is, you know, if there's any sort of intestinal permeability, like leaky gut going on, then that's also going to cause, because that's just causing inflammation to go haywire in your body. And that's going to mess up all the the bacteria in your gut too. So the probiotics not really going to do much good. If you've got like this mucosal lining in your intestines and your stomach, that's just like leaking out stuff all over the place. Yeah, this is, I like this topic and I, (laughs) obviously at the time of recording, I'm still pregnant and (laughs) one of the things, so I'm ending like my, my gestation period. I'm 10 days for my due date. Oh my God. I know. Just try to like squeeze it all in there. Um, (laughs) But one of the things I've been thinking about, and this might be TMI, I think a majority of our listeners are female and they've had kids. They so get they, it. Yeah. They get this. They get it. Um, <laughs> but that first bowel movement after having a baby mm-hmm. can be scary, traumatizing, totally. you know, all of the things. And so as I've been preparing for pregnancy, I'm like, I am going to increase my fiber intake because whatever is happening mm-hmm. in my digestive system, I want it to be easy to to pass absolutely after having the baby, Mm -hmm. right. Um, being more natural minded, obviously I, if you need a stool softener, okay, fine. But like, I would prefer to go more natural route. Mm -hmm. So fiber increasing Mm -hmm. that fiber. And then also for me, making sure I have magnesium in my system to Mm. just keep things calm. Moving. That's right. That's right. Yes. And so I, I just, I appreciate this conversation because gut health and what you're getting at is keeping things moving so that we don't have this buildup of pathogens and gut dysbiosis and leaky gut and things like that. And I find, especially with thyroid, we see a lot of constipation. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so then things are just sitting there mm-hmm. and we feel heavy and bloated and yep gassy and (laughs) uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and focusing on the fiber and the nutrients that you're eating can make a big difference. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. 
for someone who let's say is like brand new to eating fruits and veggies, you know, maybe, um, we have some clients who I'm going to say, are they, they categorize themselves as picky, right? I don't like a lot of fruit. I don't like a lot of veggies. Um, you know, I prefer drive through or whatever it is. So for someone just getting started on maybe their journey and trying to increase that fiber content, where would be a good place for them to start? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so when I'm working with clients who are similar to what you're saying, or they're, you're not, not so much used to eating plant-based meals, the easiest way I think to get started eating just more plant-based meals is starting with breakfast. Breakfast, I think is the easiest meal of the day to make plant-based, right? You, um, you know, change up your regular yogurt for plant-based yogurt. There's some really good cashew and almond-based yogurts out there. You, um, you know, eat oatmeal with some hip seeds and, you know, make it a good protein packed fiber meal instead of eating, you know, eggs or sausage or, you know, whatever protein you eat for breakfast. So I think getting started with breakfast is the easiest way. Um, and then, and then from there, it's just figuring out ways that are figuring out some good, like smart substitution. So if you're wanting to replace, um, you know, maybe you have a few favorite dishes and I, I start with my clients do this too, like pick a few favorite dishes that you like to make that are easy. And then let's talk about ways that we can make those plant-based. So if it's, look, I'll take something easy, simple, for example, like if you're making, um, like a pasta, like spaghetti with like a meat sauce, well, okay. But tomorrow when you make that, let's use some seasoned lentils instead of the ground beef that you usually is right. So just learning ways just to tweak things here and there. So again, you don't have to eat plant-based 100% of the time, but just making those tweaks here and there to incorporate more plants into your meal is going to change things. Um, just, you know, it's just a simple way to change those things up. Yeah. And I, I have kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I feel like as a mom, I have to be super creative yes. in how to get veggies into mm-hmm. my kids diet. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I personally play a game with myself <laughs> where like, if I'm, you, you brought up spaghetti or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like a pasta sauce, mm-hmm. I will finally, um, grade like zucchini, squash, yeah. carrots, um, carrots. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of those types of things. And when I'm simmering my sauce, I put those in there. So it yep. kind of cooks them down a little yep. bit. And then I remember one time I was sitting at the table and we were eating, I think it was like baked ziti or something like that. And I asked my, my kids and my husband to see how many veggies they could find in. That's awesome. (laughs) And we had seven. That's great. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was, it was just fun. So I think that's the other thing that we can do with food is try to make it fun for yourself, yep. make it fun for your kids for sure. Um, and be sneaky. And yep. I find that, like you said, breakfast is a great place to start, mm-hmm. whether it be smoothies or, you know, a yogurt, like yeah. a coconut yogurt or a yeah. cashew yogurt or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, because also, and maybe you can speak more into this, it's helping to stabilize those blood sugar levels right. for the day. So do you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, I, you know, I was mentioning fiber before, and that's really like the beauty of fiber is that it does help stabilize blood sugar. It keeps your insulin level stable. And, um, and I agree. I think, um, you know, I, I have a lot of clients that come to me too, that a lot of them, 
either they're not used to eating breakfast because they're like in a rush in the morning or they're like, oh, well, I'm not really hungry in the morning kind of thing, which, which I can appreciate. I could totally get it. But at the same time, I also think it's important to, like you're saying, like to start the day off with something that's really going to stabilize your blood sugar the rest of the day and to keep you from like binging at noon mm-hmm. because you haven't eaten since six o'clock the night before. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great way to keep your blood sugar stable and to kind of get your day started off where your blood sugar is at like a good level because you've had the fiber and you've had all those things that are helping stabilize it. Yeah. Yeah. I find that for my clients who do that throughout the day, their sugar cravings Mm -hmm. are less for sure. Right. Instead Mm of waking up and I'm sure you experience this as well. You're clients, they wake up, they go straight to the coffee pot, (laughs) add in all the creamers and the sugars and everything to make it taste good. And then by depending on the person by 10 o'clock by noon, they're crashing, crashing. Yep. Instead of eating something. And I I don't know, again, what your philosophy on coffee is. I tell my clients, if you want to drink coffee, fine, but we need to get a breakfast in you first. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because most people are, like I said, dumping in extra stuff to make the coffee yes. taste good. Yes. Right. And then it's, it's causing that midday crash totally. um, a little bit later. So. Yes. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Well, hope I have loved this conversation. Is there anything you would like to share just in closing about the thyroid or the gut health or Pilates or anything to help people get started? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think just like anything else, I think it's just starting small. So I think it's, um, you know, if you're wanting to incorporate more plant-based meals into your day, then take my advice and start with breakfast. And maybe you start with a plant-based breakfast a few days a week and you kind of increase from there, but it's really just small, just little small tweaks that really are going to make a difference in incorporating more plants. And then like you're saying too, to your point, just being more creative with it. And so throwing in veggies and, you know, your smoothies and your sauces and your muffins, that's, that's what we do at our house too for my kids, you know, yeah. some spinach and, you know, put those in the muffins. They have no idea, but just getting creative um, and making little small tweaks to dishes you already like to making those plant-based and not trying to tackle it in, um, which is why I like to use the word plant focused rather than plant-based because um, people don't do well with restriction, right? With really restrictive diets. And so I think plant focus kind of broadens it up a little bit. And so I'm not telling you, you need to go be hundred percent plant-based. It's just opening yourself up to eat, to, you know, being more creative and implementing more plants into your food that you're already eating and just, um, you know, doing it just little by little, just little tweaks in there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, I am one of those that doesn't do well <laughs> with yeah, restriction. None either. of us do. <laughs> none of us do. <laughs> if you tell me like, you can never eat this again, I will be like, I'm going to eat that. I'm Watch eat me. It. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think for me, a part of it was I was 100% gluten-free and dairy-free for over five years. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to the point where I was like, I just want some bread that actually tastes good, you know? (laughs) Yes. And, you know, being able to incorporate that. And and now we do sourdough bread Mm -hmm. um, from time to time. But I I just got to the point where I was like, 
no, like I'm done with this. This yeah, sucks. It sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Hope. Where can people find you, connect with you on social media and learn more about all the fun things that you do? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at the Hope Pedraza. Um, you can also find my Facebook group. That's really the best way to kind of get started in my world and get lots of cool free stuff. Um, it's Live Wholesome and Healthy on Facebook. And um, yeah, both of those are great channels to get started. Amazing. We will make sure to link all of this up for you guys in the show notes. Um, and we will we'll see you guys on the next. Wait before you go. Please subscribe if you found value in today's episode. Leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your reviews. Pretty please.